and he said, you know, I was writing this book from a very scholarly standpoint. I was using my mind. It was all cerebral. But now I had to ask myself, did it really happen? Do I really believe it happened? And he said, I do. And because of the resurrection, everything is going to be okay. Live your life with purpose. Change someone's life for the better and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry discuss the power of the cross and the resurrection. In today's world, the cross is a big-time fashion statement, isn't it? People wear it around their necks. But I wonder, do they really know the meaning of the cross? This week, we're looking toward Easter coming up. When we talk about Good Friday and what happened on the cross when Jesus was crucified. But it didn't stop there because the resurrection happened three days later. And because of the resurrection, the cross means everything. The cross has become a focal point in history. It's how we measure our time. I'm jo- Dan Wheeler, and I'm joined by Terry Steen and Brian Rowland. We are the Fearless Faith team, and the name of this podcast is Finish Strong. Today we're talking about the cross, the resurrection, and you. And Brian, the cross has become that intersection of history. And when you look at a cross, it looks like an intersection, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's true. The cross... Um it's the focal point of what's going on in the world. I mean, think of it. If there wasn't the cross, would we still be living under the law and still doing sacrifices today? <laughs> I mean, you start thinking about that going, wow, what's the cross? What that has done for us and what it has opened, how has it opened us up to have direct communication with God the Father? And I, I believe the cross also um, gives us a uh, a revelation of the character of God, uh, his love for lost sinners, and the spotless lamb of justice that um, was brought together so that we may have communion with him. I'm glad you brought up the Old Testament. Yeah, because that's true, Brian. In the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice for sins. Some people might not be familiar with that, but God said he was going to send the perfect sacrifice once and for all, and that was Jesus. Yeah, it sure was. And, and you know, it's, it's the, the cross is also a place where all wounds of sin is healed. I mean, anxiety, depression, uh, mm. guilt, anger, it's all healed over, through the cross. And there's comfort when you're going through tragedy and, and through suffering. So that's what all the cross does for us and, and what God has done for us on the cross. You know, Brian, when you talk about the sacrifice, you know, think back to Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion. Uh That is one of the most vivid visual things you could watch that gives you a sense of that, isn't it? You know, it really is because it, it captures the pain, the, the rawness of it, how, how much he endured on the crucifixion itself. The sacrifice, it is free, but it wasn't cheap. God gave his only son for us. And there, there's a song out there uh, that I heard a quartet singing not too long ago, and it's called Even Me. And that he died on the cross and for everyone, because John 3.16 tells us that we can believe in him. He died for us but it's for even me. And it really means something for what he's had to had to go through and endure for us. You know, I'm glad you brought up Mel Gibson's The Passion, guys, because, you know, we read about these verses. You know, he was bruised for our iniquities, and, you know, by his stripes we are healed. 
But until I saw that movie, I never imagined how cruel crucifixion is. And I remember I had to leave the theater at one point, just go out in the lobby and catch my breath. It was hard to watch. Did you guys feel the same way? No question. And you know what's even more impacting to me is Jesus knew ahead of time that he was going to go through that. Wow. Think of that. No, it's true. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed as a human because he knew what it was going to be and what it was going to take. But he accepted it as the Son of God, knowing that this is what God wanted. The, God the Father said this had to be this way, and he accepted that. But he did go in there saying, if there's anything, any way he could take this cup from me. But when God says, no, this, we have to do this, he did it as the Son of God. But what you were saying too, Dan, it's, it's amazing because Everybody thought that was such a bloody movie and that and it was so bad. But this is what he endured. It, it wasn't just stripes and crucifixion. He was flogged. He was beaten. I mean, they yanked on his beard. They spit on him. They, they, beat, they beat the heck out of him. when He, he hit the ground. I mean, they're, they're telling him to get up, kicking him. I mean, he went through so much that if you figure as a human, how can you endure all this? But he did it. He did it for you and for me. That's what's so great about it. And the th- amazing things that had happened... After the crucifixion, right when he died, the Bible just tells us amazing things that happened. The veil that was in the temple rent in two; it just tore right up the middle, and, the t- and that was it went from the place of the holies to the holies of holies, and that meant that we had direct communication with God now through Jesus Christ. We no longer had to go through the sacrifice process to get to God and and be forgiven of our sins. The symbolism of that's unbelievable. It really, really. is. You know, every, everything that I've heard says that the veil was six inches thick. Yeah. Not that it mattered for God to rip a veil, whether it was two inches, six or a foot. But I mean, from a human standpoint, to think about that it is a pretty incredible. It's like thing. trying to rip apart a phone book, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to think that that allowed us. To go to God anytime we want. Right. We have access to the Holy of Holies in mm-hmm. the Jewish temple. There was that veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the main sanctuary, mm-hmm. and only the high priests could go in there. But now right. we all have access to Christ yeah. because of that veil being torn. That was so symbolic. Well, not just that, but Terry, I think you were talking too about the amazing things that happened, not just with the veil, but there was other things too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There was uh, the the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. It got pitch black, dark. Um, in reality, when it happened, there were literally people that came out of their graves yeah. <laughs> and walked around and came back to life again. So whether you believed Jesus was the Son of God or not, you had to know mm-hmm. something historical and incredible was happening at that moment. Yep, no, that's true. Yeah, and you know, there there are other historical references to Christ and the crucifixion and Him as a, a person in history outside of the Bible. Um, I was reading about Josephus and Tacitus and um, Pliny, and they all referred to Christ and his followers. And later we're going to talk about the fact that so many of the, the apostles gave their lives for the cause of Christ. So obviously they saw the risen Christ. But, but it's fascinating. And Terry, like you said, it's almost as if you know God gave these signs with the earthquakes and the darkness that came over the earth that 
this was indeed his son. In fact, one of the soldiers said, indeed, he was the son of God. Yeah, he acknowledged it, didn't he? Yeah. And, the, you know, and, and that makes me think about that scripture in Galatians in the sixth chapter, the 14th verse. And I wanted to read that real quick. It says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Mm. Dan, what does that mean to you? Well, it means that we have to know that we're temporarily in this world, but we're not of the world. We're living here and we have all the the natural desires, the desires to be successful, the desires to earn a living, the desires to have possessions. Yeah. But those things have to pale in comparison mm-hmm. to Jesus. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, an old song we used to sing, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim yeah. Yeah. in the light of his glory and grace. And you know, guys, once we formed fearless faith, that happened in my life. Uh, so many things that I had worked for and that I thought I loved just, you know, they weren't important anymore. And of course, you know, Beth had passed and I saw the way she was seeing heaven and where she was going for eternity and she wasn't afraid. And I realized, boy, this earth is temporary. You know, money, you can lose it mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that. Uh, real estate, your home, you know, things happen. Yeah, but but we need to be working for eternity, and that's what that verse means to me. Mm. Yeah, and the crucifixion is, as you said, it's it's symbolic to us, but to some of the disciples, it was more than symbolic, wasn't it? They actually were crucified for their belief in Christ, and to me, that's the strongest evidence. That Christ rose from the dead. Would these guys have gone through what they did? And obviously, Judas Iscariot, when he realized what he had done, that he had betrayed Christ for money, he went out and hung himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then yeah. Peter and and even Paul were crucified. Um, Andrew, Peter was uh, crucified upside down. He said he wasn't worthy to be crucified the way the Lord was. So many of them were pierced through by swords, by by government, for standing and, and preaching Christ crucified. Because Christ was a threat, and that early church was a threat. But would they have done that? Would they have given their lives, traveled the world to preach the message, and then have died a martyr's death? Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, you know there's a special place in heaven for for people who give their life for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. You better believe it. And and then I go on and think about how depressed those guys were that day, how mm. they saw their leader crucified. But yet you go into Scripture and you read that it was a triumphant day, and that's hard to put those pieces together. Like in Colossians 2.15, it says, "...and having disarmed the powers and authorities..." He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Mm. He triumphed that day. He won a victory that day. He overcame the cross. You'll remember uh, they were so shocked at how quickly Jesus died. But many of the scholars say, well, it wasn't because he, he wasn't like the other thieves on the cross, they were wanting to live as long as they could. Jesus knew 
He was fulfilling God's command, and he gave himself. Mm -hmm. He gave up his life. He allowed that last breath to be taken proactively, if I could say it that way, and gave his life to triumph over sin and death. Mm -hmm. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very neat, especially the fact that the Bible also talked about that not a bone would be broken. And they were going around and breaking the legs of these guys on the cross so that they would sag and suffocate. But nothing ever happened like that to Christ. No bone was ever broken. He gave himself up willingly. Yeah, and it was all predicted in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. even the way he would die. You know, in Isaiah, we read a lot about that they that were in darkness would see a great light and that Christ would be wounded and, and bruised for us so that we could have eternal life. And you know, if Christ had stayed on that cross or if he had stayed in the tomb, then hope would have ended there. Right. Like you said, Terry, that's why the disciples were so depressed. I mean, yeah. Christ, yeah. Jesus had told them in, you know, many ways that he was going to rise again after the third day, but they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And they just thought it's over. They, right. they saw him crucified. They, they saw his, him take his last breath. But because of the resurrection, mm -hmm. I mean, you think of life. You think that, you know, God brought life back into Christ's body. And, and can you imagine the, the earth probably rumbled down and the <laughs> stone was rolled away. And then when, when Martha walked into the tomb... Because she saw the stone had been rolled away, there was an angel sitting there, and he said, He's not here. He has risen, as he said. You think of that moment. And she got so excited and ran back and told the other disciples, and then Jesus actually appeared to them. But he overcame death so that we might live. If he'd stayed in the tomb, then he was like any other religious leaders. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, you can find their graves, their tombs, where they're buried. That's right. Uh, but they never found the body. And there's no way they could have hid that body the way the, the Romans were, were after Christ. They had the, you know, the tomb guarded, protected, and there was no way they were going to let that body get away. So you think about that power, though. You know, and I often think it's kind of weird when you see Christ hanging on the cross because he didn't stay there, you know. Short-lived. Short-lived. <laughs> but because he lives, we live and we can face tomorrow. So That's right. it's great that he overcame death so that we know we have that great hope and, and people need to find Jesus and experience that resurrection power. And Brian, yep. the Bible tells us there is power in the resurrection. It certainly does. Over in Philippians 3.10 even says, I, I want to know Christ. This is Paul talking. And it says, yes, to know the power of this resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, which he really did. But he wanted to know that power. And when I think about the cross and and the resurrection, it's it's our true north. This is what's given us our true north. And we have protection from all the many false doctrines that are out there today, especially today that are floating around. Mm. Satan hated the cross 
and the resurrection because it sealed his doom. Um, I think that's why he tries to undermine anything that has to do with the, with the cross today. You think about it, every false teaching diminishes Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, and it tries to turn to human ability. And Satan wants to plant doubt, and when he does that, he's trying just to, to lift up pride. And that takes us away from the cross. But when we have that cross as our true north, because he died on it, and then the resurrection from that, that's when we have everything. I mean, that's what the cross is about. 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25 shows us that through Christ's death on the cross, those who turn to him are delivered from both the penalty and the power of sin. Mm. So that's what the cross does for us and the power of it. Yeah. You know, Jesus was talking to Martha in John chapter 11, 25. And uh, well, in verse 24, Martha answered and said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That's right. Because he rose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think back to that time and he was very selective as to who he showed himself to. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine that the 12 disciples were a little bit ticked at Mary and Martha because they, yeah. they got to see him first. Yeah. He chose to show himself to them. Right. And so I'm sure as those days unfolded that uh, there were a lot of question marks, a lot of emotions going on, and they're going, what is all of this about? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing I was going to say, Terry, which really leads into that, is that he uh, was seen by more than 500 people at the same time, all at the same time. And just to have that happen after his resurrection just proves that he rose from the dead and he did what he said he was going to do. Yeah, it's wild. I watched a very moving interview the other day, guys. I read a book called The Reason for God by Dr. Timothy Keller. I've read it like three times, and I've been kind of keeping up with him, and I saw that he was diagnosed with cancer, and he did an interview with Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, of all people on MSNBC, (laughs) and, and, and Joe said, you know, my wife and I attended Redeemer Presbyterian Church where you ministered, Dr. Keller, and you always inspired us. But he said, how are you dealing with the fact that you've been given the diagnosis of stage four pancreatic cancer? And, and Dr. Timothy Keller said, well, I had to take the advice I've been given to people for 45 years. And I had to really look at the resurrection. He had just, he was working on a book on the resurrection of Christ at the time he received the diagnosis. And he a diagnosis. And he said, you know, I was writing this book from a very scholarly standpoint. I was using my mind. It was all cerebral. But now I had to ask myself, did it really happen? Do I really believe it happened? And he said, I do. And Hmm. because of the resurrection, everything is going to be okay. My wife's going to be okay. And I'm going to be okay. And I thought that was so powerful. Just like the verse you read, Brian, in Philippians 3, 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, you say, do you know that everything will be okay? And I have a funny feeling that there are people that if they have listened this long mm-hmm. to this podcast, there's some curiosity there. 
there may be some understanding as to what the cross means and Jesus being crucified and they've heard the story. It's hard to not know the Easter story and what it represents if you live in our country to some degree. And I'm sure there are people that are thinking, well, I know in my head, I know in my head that Jesus was on the cross and he died and he died for sin. And then three days later, he was resurrected. But what does that mean to me? And it's one thing to have the head knowledge. It's one thing to understand the story. It's another thing to have the heart knowledge. It's another thing to believe that that story was for us personally. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm sure there's people that are saying, well... What's the next step? How can I have the heart knowledge? And I would like to, if we can just take a couple minutes before we close, and I would like to pray for those people. Mm. I would like them to understand that all they have to do is accept and believe that Jesus died for them personally, that Mm -hmm. they were born a sinner And Jesus took their sin away by dying on the cross. He was that sacrifice. And then he rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's there making intercession for us to God, and he is now our Lord. We now, as we accept Christ, want him to lead our lives, want to be obedient to him. And it is so simple to do. It's just saying a little prayer. And I'd like to just pray that prayer uh-huh. and, and before we close this morning, and it would go something like this. Dear Jesus, I realize and understand that you died for my sins, and then you rose again. You're not dead any longer, Father. And I believe that, and I accept that, and I understand that I am a sinner, but you have forgiven me, and I accept that forgiveness And know that once I accept that, that I'm a child of yours and have eternal life, I'm going to be able to go to heaven and be with you. And now I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to do what you would have me to do. I want to listen to your voice. And I thank you for all that you went through on my behalf. In your name, amen. 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 Boy, we want you to know that all three of us, four of us, our producer, John, we're doing this because Jesus has risen from the dead and he has brought us back to life and given us a purpose and a reason for living. And maybe you're feeling like you don't have a purpose. Maybe you need to know that there's something more. Maybe you're looking at the world today and you're seeing young people committing suicide, just giving up, saying there's no hope. We want you to know there's hope, and his name is Jesus. And he is not like any other leader of any other religion. He's the only one that said, I'm not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you want your life to have purpose and meaning, then pray that prayer. Invite Christ into your heart. There's no more important decision that you'll ever make. There's nothing more important than knowing your Creator. In Psalm 139 in the Bible, we read about how God knew you when you were formed in the womb. He has a plan for you. 
So please give your life to Christ and watch his resurrection power mm -hmm. work through you. Yeah. Guys, I'm so glad that I know where I'm going mm -hmm. and that I have a reason for living. How about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if anyone else uh, has prayed that prayer with us, we would love for them to email us or contact us through our website. Um, we have an email address at FFF at fearlessfaith.org. And we'd love to have them email us. Let us know. You could just go to ffaith.org and contact us there. There's a place to contact us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we have a Facebook page, uh, Fearless Faith with Three Flames. Uh, Brian, yep. final thoughts? I know that uh, the Lord has has changed you in many ways. He has changed me in many ways. And and I, I love this quote that by by Timothy Keller. Uh, it just, it really hits home because if we believe the resurre resurrection is true, we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. I've seen it then, you saw it, Terry, we've seen it, and it's, it's John, I'm sure he's seen this in people. And, and as people pass, that they know that I'm believing the resurrection, they know where they're going. They're happy. Yeah, they're yeah, joyful. Yeah. And, and I'm happy for them. Well, thanks, guys. John Matarazzo, our producer. Uh, we've been asking people to give us five-star reviews. Some people are having trouble doing that. It's usually pretty easy if you scroll down after listening to the podcast, right? Yeah, if you go to the podcast page, especially Apple Podcasts, you will be able to find that. And we're going to try to put a link to make that even easier so that you can just help this podcast grow. And we thank everybody that has done the five-star reviews, and we just appreciate everybody that's listening. Well, on behalf of John and Terry and Brian, I'm Dan Wheeler, and I want to say the cross and the resurrection will make a huge difference in you. Thanks for joining us. And I hope you'll catch us next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.